Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, by golly, it's another Saturday, and here we are, uh, Harry Alexander in Bunker de France with Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. By golly. By golly, howdy, 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 and um, howdy doody, I reckon. Um, and who do we have hiding in the can? Here? Hiding in the can is uh, our good friend, uh, who actually I think gave the name to this program, and that is John Camrata. Oh, John! Hi, everybody! Oh, what a beautiful morning! What? A, oh, what a, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know that's why we had him on here. Uh, the reason we have him on here, and I'm why going, do we have him we, on here? Why, anyway? why do we have? That's a good question. I'm still in the can here. Let me out. Will anyway, you please? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why we've got John on the show. Actually, tomorrow on Sunday, the 15th of September, it is uh, the Empire Ranch fundraising movie, and they're going to be doing a. Uh, movie that was filmed on the Empire Ranch, which is uh, what they always try and do. And this one happens to be Oklahoma. <laughs> and I'm running a YouTube video here of Gordon McRae. Uh, okay, can you give me a bull by bull account? Right, right, riding across the range. He sees all the, the cattle. It's a beautiful sky. There you go. Yeah. You know, that's that's one of the two versions. It's just actually was shot in two versions, uh, Cinemascope and Todd A.O. What was one, Todd A.O.? Todd was just, just, just a Todd... Uh, American Opticals was the other was the company he was partnered with, and it was a uh, lens process, or, or kind of like well, if, if you remember back in 1930 when the big trail came out, that was in 70 millimeter, and showed in two theaters, one in New York and one in L.A. because that's all they had. Well, flash forward to 1954 when they filmed this. They filmed it in Todd A.O. and Cinemascope. The Cinemascope being in 35 millimeter and the Todd A.O. being in 65 millimeter. Now you're saying, wait a minute, there's five millimeters missing. <laughs> well, the five millimeters that brought it up to 70 was a six track sound system. Now that's right up your alley, John. Wow. Talk about the quality wow. of sound. Wow. Six, six track. Tracks. Wow, that's, that's, that's pretty early days. Of- yeah. yeah, now these are probably a thousand, but right. but can you imagine? And they won, and they right. won an Academy Award for their uh, for their sound editing on that, so that tells you how they. But that's one yeah, of the things. Go ahead, okay. John. Well, this movie really came out in nineteen. Well, the, the musical came out in nineteen forty three. The composer mm-hmm. was Richard Rogers, and uh, and the lyricist was Oscar Hammerstein. But the movie that we're going to be seeing tomorrow was done in 1955. That's when it was released. When it was released, yes. Uh-huh. And uh, how long did it take to do the movie? You know, about, Just about took? seven months here. I've got, in fact, I've got the exact film somewhere hiding in my pile of notes here. Well, they must have filmed during springtime because the one shot that uh, was uh, before Gordon started singing there, um, it's extremely green. So it must have been a very nice uh, rain shower before they began filming. That's the only thing I can think of. And the big white clouds there, too. Beautiful uh, scenery. Yes, yes. Well, and of course... Actually, it was from... 
And from May till September is when they shot. That sounds like a song, doesn't it? Wow. <laughs> well, here's an interesting. This is an interesting. Sounds like a song. Yeah, Another musical song. coming up, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma you know, Part Two. Yeah, this was based. <laughs> this was based on a play called Green Grove, the Lilacs. Right. Uh, it was uh, done about ten years earlier. But yeah. did you know that the original? You know what the original title to Oklahoma was? What was it? It was Away We Go. Away We Go. Yeah, and they, they took the show, as they do, you know, they took it, took it out on test or pre-Broadway pre run. And the people loved the show, but they hated the title. But they loved also the Oklahoma song. And so somebody said, why don't we call it Oklahoma? Right. Away <laughs> We Go sounds like a game show. It yeah, does. It does, yeah. <laughs> And come on and down. Interesting <laughs> about uh, interesting thing about uh, Shirley Jones. Uh, she was born in where I'm from, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, in a little uh, um, steel mill town called Charleroi. And she used to attend this uh, Pittsburgh Playhouse, where I remember at high school, our school went to visit one of the plays, Hamlet or something that they did. It's kind of like the Gaslight Theater here in Tucson, mm -hmm. and. Uh, that's where she attended, but her parents used to take her to New York every summer. They'd go to the different shows and everything. And um, she knew somebody that was from the uh, Pittsburgh Playhouse uh, who was in New York, and uh, she gave him a call, and he said, come on over, sing some songs with me. He said, by the way, he says, uh, Richard Rogers and uh, Oscar Hammerstein, they're doing a audition this week. They used to do auditions about every couple of weeks because uh, uh, they had so many shows going on Broadway at the time that the people would last for so long that they get other jobs and they had to keep refilling the new people coming in. Yeah, so she, she said, oh, I never did anything like that. So he convinced her to do it. And she went uh, and um, the, uh, the fellow that was doing the audition, uh, Richard Rogers happened to be there. And she she sang three different songs, right? one written by the fellow that she knew from Pittsburgh, and uh, a couple other songs. And he said, well, hold on, Richard Rogers is in the other room. So he brought him in, and Richard Rogers heard him sing. And meanwhile, oh, Richard Rogers was across the street, not in the other room, rehearsing the orchestra for the Broadway show, Oklahoma. And he would always rehearse all the orchestras before they ever started. He did it personally. Hmm. And uh, and so she went, and uh, he came over, and he said, oh, can you wait a minute? And he said, um, um, uh, I'm going to call uh, Oscar Hammerstein, have him come down. <laughs> and uh, have you ever done any uh, Broadway or anything? She said, no, just the, the Pittsburgh Playhouse that I did when I was back in Pittsburgh. And uh, so Oscar Hammerstein came down. And the fellow that was accompanying her on the piano for her audition said, I have to leave. I have to catch a plane. So Richard Rogers said, that's okay. I'm rehearsing the orchestra across the street. Uh, why don't you come over and sing? We'll have you sing with the orchestra. So Oscar Hammerstein came down. And they had the score with the lyrics. She said, I know the song, but I don't know the words. So they gave her the words. So she went over and sang. And... Um, he said, well, since you the, you don't have any experience in the Broadway thing, we'll start you off. I need somebody to be one of the nurses to fill in. One of the uh, actors uh, that was a nurse uh, was leaving to fill in South Pacific. Mm -hmm. So she had a little little line there, and her line was uh, just like a one-line thing. 
So she did that, and then she went to Chicago. She got an agent and then went to Chicago and some other show, and they called her out there to say, well, they want to do a screen test in Hollywood. There's a movie that's going to be starting up. They didn't tell her what it was. And she went out and uh, and uh, and did a screen test with Gordon McRae, who was already um, cast for the movie. And that's how she got the movie. It was her first movie. Well, I've got the exact production dates here. I, found, I finally found them. It was wow. July 14th to September 7th, and that was just the Arizona dates. That had nothing to do with the uh, California dates. Now, right. I've got some information on the locations, and it's kind of interesting because uh, Oklahoma, you know, they said they cried because they didn't get to shoot it there. Actually, they shot some pre-production shots in Claremore. This was quite common in the picture business because a lot of times they'd shoot stuff they would use for filler or whatnot. Mm-hmm, right, and So that the first, the first actual filming was in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Now, when they came to Arizona, uh, they shot at El Mato. That's where they shot the old What a Beautiful Morning song. The Elgin train station, uh, where they did that great uh, production number. They shot at the Green Cattle Company Ranch in San Rafael Valley. That's where Ann Eller's farm, uh, farm was. At the uh, Empire Ranch in Sonoida, Green Valley, the Linda Farm in Omato, the Crown Sea Ranch, the shot at Canelo, uh, Nogales, Patagonia, the MGM Studios at Culver City, California. And this is kind of interesting. The cast stayed at the Santa Rita Hotel in Tucson, and some of them stayed at the Mustang Ranch, which was probably the uh, stars and upper-level production people. And then some people were staying down in Nogales as well. But that's kind of the location background on that. Well, covered a lot of area out there, huh? Yeah, it did. Well, when you look at that many months and the different different setups and stuff, and well, you know, you know, you know how it is, John, with the pictures. Uh, you work on a picture, and especially if you work on it just uh, for a couple of weeks, you think you know everything about the picture. <laughs> you see it, and you go, "Hey, Golly, I didn't. I, did I work on that one?" <laughs> yeah, right. So the the let let's digress a moment here. Every year. The foundation, the Empire Ranch Foundation, presents a uh, movie, uh, a fundraiser. fundraiser for the community, and uh, it's generally shown in Tucson because, well, there's a huge audience here, and lots of people like to go to the movies uh, who who are here. Um, now, the Empire Ranch, for those who may not know, is located about uh, oh, 45 minutes mm-hmm. southeast of Tucson, uh, near Sonoida. And uh, it is a uh, it is still a working cattle ranch. Uh, oh, look at this! I even have information here. Portions of the of the fifty six movie filmed on the Empire Ranch, Green Valley, and so forth, so forth. Tickets for this event are fifteen dollars for Empire Ranch Foundation members, twenty dollars for non members, and you can purchase them. I imagine you can still purchase them on the website empireranchfoundation.org, or you can purchase them at the door. So. Sally will be there demanding money. Sally Pine, yeah. This this is one of an ongoing events from the Empire Ranch. And um, this particular movie, it, John, you found that this is a, a rather important movie for its time. Why? For Oklahoma? Well, it was yeah. a Western, and, and the musical, it was one of um, 
the uh, top movies and the, one of the big money movies uh, that Rogers and Roger uh, Richard Rogers and Hammerstein did. And uh, like I said, with Shirley Jones, she was an unknown, and she never did any like um, musicals or. Uh, any movie things they were real leery about getting her, but after she performed, she was uh, the uh, in fact Oscar Hammerstein said, "Did you do any uh, movies or anything or any uh, Broadway type shows?" She said, "No, not originally." She says, "Stay as you are." The, the producer Fred Zimmerman said, "Stay exactly. Don't change anything. Just be as you are." You know, so. Uh, that's what she, what she did. She's a fantastic actress in many movies. April Love with uh, Pat Boone and all those. She did a lot of musicals. And uh, and she's 85 years old now. And, uh, oh, uh, she still yeah, is. Uh, yeah, and she's still around. And uh, unfortunately, um, uh, Gordon McRae, uh, he died. He was 64 years old. Yeah, he and, had some uh, problems. Yeah, he had some problems. And... Uh, but you know, I think Broadway singers, the three probably top in my book, were Gordon McRae, Howard Keel, and John Raitt. Well, how I mean, about there's Al- many others, but those are my How about Alfred favorites. Drake? Who? Alfred Drake, who the original Curly. Right. He was good, too. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying those three were my yeah. favorites. Yeah, what's, what's interesting is that uh, uh, McRae wasn't the first, their, their first choice. Uh but they and they tested several people. They were uh, Zimmerman. He wanted uh, uh, James Dean. He tested Dean with uh, Rod Steiger, and they said that the test was superb. It was stunning. It was uh, you know it just it blew everybody away. Steiger himself commented that that was one of the best tests he had ever seen. But the problem was he couldn't sing a lick. <laughs> oh, the second choice they have to overdub it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other choices was uh, Paul Newman and Montgomery Cliff, hmm. who yeah. probably can't sing either. Or couldn't sing <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, yeah, the funny thing is, I, I, I really can't see either one of any of those three in the part. Maybe just just right. because it's so strongly identified. But right. uh, uh, the the uh, producer uh, he wanted uh, Howard Keel for the part. Yeah, he would have been good. Yeah, you know? but I think the the casting was very good. Wouldn't you say so, Bunker? Knowing yeah. all the type of ins and outs about that. Well, you know, they just like uh, for for Judd, they they were considering Ernest Borgnine and Marlon Brando, and you know, when you look at the three of them, Steiger, Brando, and Borgnine, I think any one of them would have been good, although yeah, I think exactly. uh, Brando might have been a problem. <laughs> right, right, right. Let's talk about what this movie is all about. Uh, I guess we should get to that, too. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Obviously, its title is Oklahoma, and it is something, about yeah. something about Oklahoma, right? Well, it's about... <laughs> right. Well, it's one, it's, it takes place... Right at, it takes place right after the turn of the century, early 1900s. Yes. Uh, you know, they, it's uh, Oklahoma is wanting to become statehood. Yes, it's still got that kind of Wild West connotation yes. about it. 
it had, it had the same problems that Arizona and New Mexico had about coming to state because of the outlawry there. But by this time, it was pretty pretty pacified. So I I, I mean I, I'm I'm not professing ignorance. I understand what it's all about. I'm just trying to get info out about why, why? You know, what this well, movie is. Uh, okay, well one of the things is, is that we have we have a, a what is it two triangles in this. Yeah, the cowboy and the farm girl, that's Curly and Lori, and the farmhand, that's Judd. Then you have Ado Andy and Will uh, and Ali Hockham, who's the uh, peddler. And it's really about, it's about that that circle of the three. Mm-hmm. Everything else is really is incidental. Is is, is yeah. showcasing that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you you go into uh, and some of the numbers in that thing are just fantastic. The the uh, sequence at the train station in Elgin uh, with Nelson dancing. You know, dancing and, uh, on top of the train. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, fantastic. Really. Yeah, and in the. And one of the things, too, in the picture is the way it develops, because, you know, there's some of the, I was reading this and doing my research, I was also reading a lot of the reviews to see what people thought of it. Mm-hmm. And the people at, at the time, were, were they were going like, oh, this is marvelous, because it was, it was, you know, you were seeing a camera process that had, it had never been really developed the mm-hmm. 70 millimeter mm-hmm. and the odd thing is when this showed in Todd AO there were only 40 theaters in America retrofitted to mm. show that kind of film so they made bunches wow. of money yeah <laughs> so yeah and the, the the weird thing is that the cinemascope version of it didn't come out until a year later hmm. you know uh, a whole 11 some odd months later so wow. yeah and you know it just the, the the dynamics of the scale of this production it, at that at this time it was probably the most expensive Hollywood film today. Right, it was a five million dollar estimated budget for that. Wow. Yeah, five point eight, and it ended up a little over eleven. And on that uh-huh. note, we got to break away to earn some budget for us. Hey, let's get our budget going. See, that's good, good segue there. Right here on Emil Francie's Voices of the West, and uh, we are talking with John Camrata about um, the uh, movie Oklahoma that is uh, going to be playing September 15 at the Loft Theater in Tucson, and it's a fundraiser for the Empire Ranch Foundation. We'll be talking more about that right after this. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology if your network is not set up properly you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation arizona computer guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster from online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services arizona computer guru is here to keep your network secure your data safe and your budget in the black to schedule your free consultation call 304-8300 
Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. Are you going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie? This is the Voices of the West. Now Dan was born at an early age in good old New York town. He learned to ride the wildest bronco of them all on the merry-go-round. Six-gun Dan was an old cowhand, a wild and rough galoot. His finger was quicker than your eye could flicker when he started in to shoot. Now and we are back on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. It is a Saturday afternoon for us. Who knows what time of the day it is for you listening uh, to the show either live or on Wherever the, in the podcast. World. Wherever in the <laughs> world. We are all over the place, doggone it. John Camrata is our guest, and we are talking about uh, the Empire Ranch Foundation movie. Um, it's called Oklahoma. And it stars Shirley Jones and Gordon McRae. What a cast, I'll tell you. Gordon McRae, Shirley Jones, Eddie Albert, James Whitmore, Rod Steiger, and Roy uh, Barcroft, the old guy from a lot of those old-time westerns. (laughs) J.C. Flippin? The what? J.C. Flippin? J.C. Flippin. J.C. Flippin, that's right. Skidmore. That's got to be that's got to be tough to see Roy Barcroft in a musical. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> he was such, he was the bad guy in all these movies. You well, know? he was actually he was the, he was the good guy in this. He was the marshal. The uh, marshal. Yeah, that's in a this. Yeah, uh-huh. he was the marshal. <laughs> well, he was around a long time. Oh, hey, one thing to uh, mention that at the um, at the Loft Theater uh, will be the Surrey with the fringe on top. Yes, on yes. display in front. Ooh. So that'll be a nice treat for people uh, to see the actual uh, one. The story, the then you'll see it on the movie. That's the one and from the movie. As long as you're mentioning that, uh, let's, let's tell them about the train. It's Southern Pacific 1673. Uh, uh-huh. That's down there at the uh, train depot. That's the train from the movie. They painted it up, outfitted it to look right for the time and period. And. Uh, that was they used that in the Kansas City number, which is that which was Gene Nelson's great number. Uh-huh. Yeah, what's what's going on there, Eric? I don't know. I'm losing my uh, losing my mind. But keep going. Keep going. Okay. Well, you know, as long as we're talking about the uh, that train sequence, you know, there's a in there as a young fella does a transfer from a horse to the train and back. I believe. Then uh, I think everybody probably knows his name. That wasn't you, was it? Wasn't me. No, I, 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 I was no, no, it was Ben Johnson. Ah, yes. He had ben un- Johnson. Oh, he had wow. an uncredited role as the Wrangler, and he was also the stunt double for McRae. Now, another guy, he, I'm going to just go through the stunt people on this. The old time silent star, Buddy Roosevelt, he was a cowboy at the auction and did stunt work on there. Uh, Shirley, uh, Shirley Lucas was a stunt double for Shirley Jones. I might also mention that all of the stunt people were uncredited, with the exception of a couple of gals, uh, Luzanne Truex, 
uh, Jane Fisher and Virginia Bolster. Uh, all three of them were goon girls. Uh, but what happened with them, and this is kind of neat, uh, when, you, when you see the movie, the girls jump from the train into the arms of some cowboys there. Mm-hmm. Well, they were paid $270 per jump, and they did it seven times. Uh, Truex was quoted as saying, let's do this a couple more times and I can pay off my car. <laughs> <laughs> and then one last, one last stunt person on here, and he shall not go unmentioned, it's Bob Gilbert. He was the helicopter pilot on the for the aerial camera. What's happening with the sound? I have no clue. I mean, it's still going. Okay. There's just something wrong with some something sure. someplace. Anyhow, that's that's the sound stuff on that, uh, stunt stuff on I, that. I got a big kick out of a lot of the cowboys there. They had their hat up, they didn't come down like over their forehead, so they so the, the camera can see more of their face. So it was always up like uh, Rex Allen used to wear his hat. Yeah, back there, it, you know? it's it's the, it's the old thing of uh, it's and it's so funny. Oh, I heard you. The, I can't remember who the particular actor was. It was oh, I think it was Lee Marvin. They, he was doing a western, and the cameraman said, "Lee, we can't see your eyes. You know, you got to push the hat back." Right. So, so he just pushed it down further and lower, <laughs> and and, it, and when you see the movie, it makes it works. It makes it much more sinister. Right. You must have learned right. from your school of not looking at camera. No, at the best school. Right. <laughs> But that is interesting how they had to have their hats up so you can see their face yeah. better. Well, you know, and it's just it's a, it's the old thing, you know, with uh, five shiny birds on them so there's no shadows. And, you know, these guys had to be tough. They got a couple of keg lights on them, uh, four or five shiny boards, uh, and it's just burning into you. You know, it's like mm-hmm. staring into the sun, mm-hmm. sing a song, dance, and... Hit your mark. You know, right. Took a, and to set, to set up a shot, how long does that usually take? Well, it would depend. It would depend. Like, if you're talking back in the old B-Westerns, uh, they might do, oh, 20, 40 setups in a day. On a big mm. production like this, they might do three or four. Mm. Uh because they had to, they had more money and more time, and right. so they could they could do it. But uh, generally, well, just to give you an idea, they figured the production cost on Oklahoma was twenty five thousand dollars a day. Wow! And that's nothing compared to today. Wow! Oh, right, right. And right. It, it, the, the, actor, the actors get that a Harrison Ford or something get yeah. get more than that, you know. Well, you know, it's just I can remember way back it was on the Johnny Carson show. Marlon Brando came on; he was the guest, and he had he had been signed to do Superman's dad with George right. Reeves, and he was the first actor to be. Well, actually, he wasn't the first, but he was the first actor to be paid a million dollars for a single single role. Uh, Claude uh, Claude. Range had been paid a million dollars, but it was for a series of pictures. Anyhow, he's on the show, and Carson brings it up. He says, hey, you know, you realize you're getting a million dollars for this movie, and it's just a little part. You're getting more than all the other actors. He says, how, how can you justify that? And I liked what Brando's response was. He says, well, Johnny, it's just as simple. He says, the studio went to the bank. And they wanted to borrow money like they always do to make their picture. Mm-hmm. And the bank said, uh, who's in it? 
And they gave him the names, and they says, well, we can't loan you that much. <laughs> and so then they, they went looking more cash, and they came to me, and they said, what do you want? And I said, I want a million dollars. He says, well, why do you want a million dollars? He says, because you're going to go to the bank, and you're going to get 15 to $20 million on my name. That's right. So he says, you know, he says, I want a piece of the pie. Wow. Yeah. Let's talk about this movie briefly from uh, the point of view uh, of the person who enjoys a Western. And, of course, this Oklahoma is a Western. But it's a musical. Right. How, how does that, can the pure, purest of the Western fans enjoy this movie? Or should they? It's hard. It's hard. Because, <laughs> you know, right in the middle of a gun battle or something, they go into a song <laughs> or a dance number. Yeah. Sometimes it takes the, the, uh, the, the incentive out for the next scene or something. But that's the only concern I always had with... Uh, with musicals like in the movies, uh, oh, and they're great. I mean, the music is. I mean, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein is, is as good as you get. Well, yeah, and, no uh, question about that. But you know, when, when you look when you look at the uh, the old Eddie Dean movies, and you know Ray right. Whitley was in there, or, or Johnny right. Bond was in there, and they were doing their thing. But it was <clears throat> not during the gunfight. It was right in right. a uh, ranch. Well, the setting. cattle drive. It's, yeah. they're all. Well, you, you know, know Michael, F., Michael F. Blake kind of summed it up for Emil yeah. when they were talking about It's entertainment. About it. It's entertainment. And, <laughs> no, that's know, the, true. That's entertainment. Yes, I know. I, and I know. the thing is, you know, it says, because I understand, I, I love, you know, my favorite is The Silence, then the 30s. You know, by the time we get to modern times, I'm just about ready to stick my finger down my throat. <laughs> uh, but, you know what? I, I try to be... Try to look at each one of them objectively. Just think right. about this. It's 1955. You're in the theater, and you're seeing this thing. And, yeah, you, you, last Saturday you saw uh, Jimmy Wakeley and Lash LaRue in a double bill. Now Man, this was, is a big spectacular. This is a big spectacular. This is, this is something that, you know, whether you like Westerns or not, you gotta like it because it is just it is so it's a good big. movie. You know, you know the screen is wide. Sure, I, I a fifty-five foot screen. I understand. I'm only playing devil's advocate oh, on that. I know, I know. Right. Well, Harry, I can remember what I mentioned doing this show. You, 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 it was it was like you know stepping on a bullfrog. He puffed up the old about Grizz, four old, times old, bigger. Old, 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 old Grizz came out. Old, old Grizz came true. out, and I understand it because you know. Yeah. But I, I I really think because I my passion. Is for the whole medium. That's why I, I I laugh my butt off every time I see Billy the Kid versus Dracula, mm -hmm. and I've seen it several times. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's you know by the purists, it's like you know again stick your finger down your sure. throat. Sure, but at the well, same time you can look at it, and there's things in there. Yeah, how I. Sometimes the devil's in the detail. I understand. Know? I understand completely. No, I'm, I'm just, and I understand. You know, if you don't like it, that's I'm just, fine. I'm just throwing it out I, there. I can live with well, that. Well, see, the, the movie, just the music alone, makes the movie. Yeah. yeah. Just the filming alone, without the music, still makes the movie. Right. They're right. both top quality. You right. know what I'm saying? What did this What did this movie do with the box office? In its day, it was over. I think. In first run, it was over seventy million dollars. Mm -hmm. In today's dollars, that would be, you know, uh, 
lots, you know, <laughs> close to a billion dollars or so, because it was it was the top money maker of the year, if I mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. right. The uh, one of the things too is you 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 think about the scope of this movie, just just the visual. You know, if, if a lot of people they go to you know, it's like you you look at certain westerns, John Ford, black and white, Monument Valley. Mm-hmm. The scope alone. Almost right, makes exactly. the movie worth seeing. Sure, and you know to see the San Rafael Valley in Southern Arizona in a fifty-foot screen, uh, and the clouds are huge, and the sky is blue, the grass is green, the corn is yellow, and the high as an elephant's eye. Well, jeepers, you know that's that's right. it, that's. It's, it's kind of like how the West was one, such yeah. a spectacular scope. You know what I'm saying? And I think it, I mean, it's a good comparison because compared to how the West was won, I think it's a better movie because it moves along, whereas uh, how the West was won was uh, fits and jerks, and great right. fits and jerks, but a lot of this, you know, the segues just, it was like, well, 20 years later. Right. You go, uh-huh. Right. And on that note, since I have been properly chastised, apparently... <laughs> No, Harry, you you have every every right in the world to stick your finger down your throat. Thank you so much, and, and embarrass myself. We're going to <laughs> take a, another break here. Uh, this is Abel Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander and Bunker de France, uh, co-hosting, and our uh, guest is John Comradov with the Empire Ranch Foundation. Uh, he's on the advisory board, and uh, the Empire Ranch Foundation is presenting the movie Oklahoma at the Loft Theater, September 15th, and um, you can probably still get tickets for that. So we're going to talk much more about uh, that sort of thing right after these important messages. Do stay tuned. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. He recently served two tours in Afghanistan, where he received a Bronze Star for heroism and a Purple Heart for injuries sustained in combat. He recently left military service, and now he's unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Many of our men and women in uniform gave up good jobs and careers to join the military and take up the fight for freedom around the globe. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Please join with the American Legion, the nation's largest veteran service organization, in recognizing that veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. The training and experience they receive in the military is second to none. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. 
I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horses Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horses Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubbs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zealots. Until then, that's a wrap. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. You're darn tootin'. Yes, sir, Bob. This is the Voices of the West. <laughs> Darren Tootin is right. This is Abel Franzi's Voices of the West, and I knew that was the response I was going to get out of uh, Mr. DeFrance on that one. <laughs> and I just think that's great, man. Hi, Chaparral, the musical. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Let's do that one. What do you think, John? <laughs> I think Bunker will be dancing on the train. Yeah, yeah right. so there you go. We're under the train. We're under the train. Yeah. Hey, I mean, he is, he is know, a I'm just looking all. at the song list uh, from the uh, oh, Oklahoma. The the theme, Oklahoma, Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, Serve You with a Fringe on Top, I Can't Say No, People Will Say We're in Love, uh, Kansas Out City. of My Dreams. I mean, what what a what a beautiful uh, group of songs. And two know? songs that were omitted. I saw that I, did, I actually did a production up in Phoenix in the round. I was on the production crew with uh, Howard Keel, and we had uh, and, uh, Ned Romero played Judd, and he did the Lonely Room number. Man, that is right. powerful. And then there was another one that was, uh, it's what is it? It's a scandal, it's an outrage, and that was admitted. That was uh, Eddie's big production number. You know, and, and I'm looking at this YouTube video of uh, Oklahoma. That's the, the title. What do you see there? I guess the title song. I see a bunch of people who are uh, surrounding Shirley Jones and Gordon McRae, and it looks like they're getting married. And oh, that's at the end of the movie. Here we go. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain, and the waving wheat can show... The interesting thing about Rodgers and Hammerstein... All their all their uh, shows always had a number of great 
songs in it. Like some of the more modern Broadway shows, they have a couple hit tunes and the rest are throwaways. Mm-hmm. Like it's Sound of Music and all these things with the, they always did great, great songs. I mean, a lot of hey, great songs, Surrey. not just one. Here's the Siri. Well, you know, this is one of the neat things about this movie, too, which was actually was the play. It was the first time a Broadway musical, uh, the songs played an integral part of the story, and there was no songs or music that didn't advance the story. Right. And that was right, kind of exactly right. Yeah. And there were no throwaways, really, no, in this no. movie. It was a great show. Uh, mm-hmm. You know... Let's let's talk for a second about some of the technical stuff on this. Uh, there was somewhere between twenty and twenty-one thousand stalks of corn that were planted. Right, year. that's an interesting uh, thing. They were planted. They, they didn't grow there, right? <laughs> no, no. They actually they were planted in containers about a year before, and it was about a ten-acre track of corn down there, and they. Like when you see uh, uh, Gordon McRae riding through the corn, yeah. and the camera's moving through yeah, the corn yeah, with him, yeah. they're on they're in containers on dollies, so that they're, the corn they're the corn is being choreographed just like that. <laughs> Which speaking of choreograph, I wonder if Agnes DeMille choreographed the corn. Oh boy! Yeah. Wow. The interesting thing, uh, Bunker, is they were shooting uh, Gordon McRae riding in, doing "Oh, what a beautiful morning." Did you notice they were shooting up on him, and mm-hmm. you would see the top of the yeah. corn stalks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They well, would you, show the whole the whole thing well, where you see the what, bot, three, three foot pots off, or whatever it was, four in. foot off the ground. <laughs> well, you know, actually, the corn was up to sixteen feet high. Yeah, right. And right. the funny thing is, because uh, in Arizona, corn generally comes into season about October. Mm-hmm. So they were experimenting with uh, different strains. And the U of A, actually, that it was their ag students that were taking, coming down and watering and taking care of the plants. An old amigo of mine, you know, uh, John, he, uh, oh, from the Western Music Association, he was one of the students that worked on it. I'll be done. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, uh, and, then, and then the other thing was that they, they had the uh, peach orchard, and they had uh, around 2,000 artificial peaches because the, the, just, the trees just didn't put out enough peaches. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the greens guys would go out every morning and hang them up and then take them in every night. <laughs> You know, I don't know why you do that. But the peachy job. The, the, yeah, this is this is peaches before, and creams. Be, this is before CG came into yeah. effect, and uh, oh, now and they, they could, yeah. Well, now they could shoot it in Oklahoma. Yeah. Now they just wipe out the oil field. Well, and, and or they can shoot it in the studio and put pictures of Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> right, <laughs> green exactly. Yeah, you know, and they had the wheat field there. Now right. there was seventy trucks and trailers used in it. A crew, wow. cast and crew of around three hundred and twenty-five. And this is kind of it's kind of neat. Uh, during the monsoon season, apparently uh, a Cadillac got washed away, <laughs> and the crew was going around singing, "The mud is as high as a Cadillac's eye." <laughs> and you know, film crew, that's a, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> right, I'm sure weather would have a big uh, factor in all that too. By and large, though, this is the most enjoyable movie. It's got great music, no question about it. I mean, the the 
composer and lyricist. I mean, <laughs> you can't get any. Well, you can get. I right, guess. you have all the combinations: yeah. good melodies, yeah. good good uh, arrangements, good uh, lyrics. Yeah. Had all the ingredients. And yeah. put it in the context of 1955. Right, right. You right. know, that's, yeah. a, that's what I always say: is you can't judge. 1955 by 2019. It's no, not of course fair. not. I, I understand it's that. It's not fair. I understand that. But there's always going to be people like me who will do that sort of thing. Well, that's all right. Whether it's fair or not, it doesn't matter. That's all right. That's 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 why we have cow chips. There you go. You're, you've heard of Frisbees. Well, yeah, that's, well, that's, that's the, catch a cow that's chip That's the now. Frisbee that smells when it hits you. <laughs> catch a cow chip. Yeah. <laughs> what else have we got here? Let's see here. Was Rod Steger, uh, Steger, was he uh, one of the first to be cast for that uh, role? I think so, because he apparently he was there for the test for uh, for uh, James Dean. And so that means, you know, because Gordon McRae was one of the early choices. So that, And then, right. you know, they were actually looking at people almost a year before that. And just to show you, though, in 1944, James Cagney and his producer and his brother, who was also a producer, William Cagney, they tried to buy it. Hmm. Wow. Everybody in Hollywood tried to buy this movie. And uh, uh, ha- uh, the producers, they said, you know, ha- they said no. They wanted to do this. And it wasn't until Todd A.O. came along and... Uh, Todd took and had a special screening for them of the process, and when they saw that, they said okay, and they they put up the money themselves. They, they raised the money themselves. They were the exclusive producers. They rented the equipment and the stages from MGM. MGM was nothing but a loan out on this. Hmm. Uh, and when it was released, it was released by RKO, who uh, kind of bellied up within a few months, and 20th came in and ended up rescued. Raising, that's where everybody thinks of the distributor. <laughs> you imagine Jimmy Cagney being cast in this? Well, you know, I don't I, think I, so. I, I don't, don't think know so. that he wanted to, you know, necessarily I, I, wanted to be well, in it. Just maybe. maybe. I mean, know. he is a song and dance guy. Well, he could have done Ali Hockham, or he could have done uh, uh, James Whitmore. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He could have done Mickey actor, Rooney. Was he Bunker? Was Whitmore considered a character actor or a second lead? What would he be considered? Cagney? No, James Whitmore. Whitmore, uh, Whitmore was second. He was second. I, w- I, I think he was uh, a leading quality, but he was primarily all of his career, uh, you know, character. very strong character actor. Uh, you know, the Steel Helmet, which he starred in, and he carried that movie excellently. Uh, you know, he won a ba- Academy Award for Battle Cry, mm-hmm. but that was his supporting. What was that TV show that he starred in? He was a. I think he played an attorney. Oh, he sure looked like Will Rogers, didn't he? Yes, mm-hmm. he did, and he did Will Rogers for years. Yeah. In fact, after right. his film career was over, or wasn't over, but he just he just concentrated on going all across the country doing Will yeah. Rogers. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's something I want to read because this is so neat. It's kind of, it's a, you know, first off, you know, they they put over two hundred and fifty thousand miles scouting Oklahoma and the other parts of the country to do the movie. And they had not found. Yeah, how did any, they pick? How did they pick uh, Arizona and the Sonoda well, area? Uh, Hornblower, the producer, was in the office one day, and uh, apparently he picked up an old issue of Arizona Highways, and it just happened to have some pictures of the San Rafael Valley. He uh, looked at it and he says, "That's Oklahoma," and then this is uh, and this is this is kind of explicit. He says, uh, "Their search was over." 
The green valley and its majestic clouds were perfect. In the shade of spreading cottonwood trees next to a small stream was built Ann Eller's 1900-era farm with two-story barn, silo, windmill, and smokehouse. You know, it's you know, it's a serendipity. It's the way that's the way Hollywood is like Shirley Jones walking into the office. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, it's it's a good-looking girl sitting in Swab's uh, drugstore with a tight sweater. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hmm. ridiculous, but it does happen. It does happen. And unfortunately, right. everybody thinks it's going to happen to them. We are talking with John Conrado. He's uh, uh, the with the Empire Ranch Foundation on the advisory board. They're presenting the uh, movie Oklahoma. It'll be showing at the Loft Theater, or the Loft Cinema, rather, here in Tucson, and that's on September 15th. Uh, you more likely be able to get tickets at the door. Maybe it'll be door. Gets, it gets them online <laughs> now. Hard to say. Right, and the door's open at 2 p.m., and the movie starts at 3. 3 yeah. p.m., all right. And, and there's a panel at 2.30. 2.30 is the panel featuring our own Bunker, Bunker. de France and uh, Marty Fries and cast of other characters. Cast so of thousands. We're going to uh, come back with uh, much more here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after this. You will set behind a team of snow-white horses in the slickest gig you ever see. Chicks and ducks and geese better scurry When I take you out in the Surrey When I take you out in the Surrey With the fringe on top Watch that fringe and see how it flutters When I drive them high-stepping strutters Nosy pokes will peek through the shutters And their eyes will pop The wheels are yellow, the upholstery's brown The dashboard's genuine leather with eyes and glass curtains, you can roll right down in case there's a change in the... ...in this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, pipe stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911 Coming to you from the great southwestern United States King, this case is closed This is the Voices of the West (laughs) 
I'm just a tumbleweed cowboy A cloud is the roof for my head I rock along in the saddle all day The cool prairie grass is my bed We are back on Amo Frenzy's of Voices of the West A little bit of Ray Whitley there, tumbleweed cowboy We are uh, we're talking with John Comrata from the Empire Ranch Foundation About the Empire Ranch Foundation's uh, movie And it is Oklahoma, showing September the 15th Which is tomorrow And uh, if you're listening to this too late, well too late. <laughs> Get it on DVD and uh, watch it. Watch it. Buy it and own it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing about the Empire Ranch Foundation, if yes. people are interested in the West, it's a great organization to be part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. To, be part of people that are are interested in the West and promoting the Western heritage. It's terrific. And one little promo, and we'll get back to Oklahoma, is November 2nd is the big cowboy festival right. at the Empire Ranch. It's like going back to the 1800s. And this year, um, we're working on a special treat to bring down the white Mountain Apache War Dancers. Ooh, nice. They come down, and uh, that's what I'm working on right now, and it looks like it's going to happen. Great. And uh, a lot of wonderful things, so keep that in mind and put that on your calendar November 2nd, the Empire Ranch Cowboy yes. Festival. Now back to Oklahoma. Oh. And uh, just one little edit thing. In December, we'll have Cowboy Christmas down at the ranch, and if right. you want to have your socks uh, blown off, they decorate that ranch house up like you wouldn't believe. It's it's worth the trip. It's a great tr- a day trip for family and kids. There'll be food and stuff like that and entertainment. But we'll be remiss if we do not mention Gloria Graham and Adu Annie. Because, you know, just, I want to read it. This is just a little short scene. She couldn't say no. Yeah, she could not say no. This is just a little short scene between her and Will, and I'll set it up in that uh, her dad, James Whitmore, has said that she's not going to marry some broke cowboy. He's got to have at least $50 if he wants to marry my daughter. (laughs) Well, Will has gone to Kansas City. He's raised the $50, and he's come back, and now he's talking to Annie. He goes, now that I got that $50, you named a date. Ado Andy replies, August 15th. Will says, well, why August 15th? Ado says, because that was the first day I was kissed. Will says, oh, was it? I don't remember that. Ado Andy, you wasn't there. <laughs> Gloria Graham, I wonder if she went on to do great other uh, musicals. She was, I don't, not, I don't think she did. Well, one thing, she was stone deaf. Oh really? Yeah, they what they did was you know how a lot of times you know how they pre record it and then the the, the, right, the right. lipstick. She actually did her stuff live because and then they edited because she just could not she being cloned deaf, she couldn't lip sync. Uh, oh. one of the interesting things, James Whitmore, who played her dad, was exactly two years older than her. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. But she did a marvelous job, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, she did. And, um, in fact, the whole cast, I think, yeah. and Bunker, you'd know better than anyone, uh, the casting, I think, uh, was very good. Would you say that also? Oh, yeah. It was just, you know, you go you go look through the little parts, the dancers. Uh, and, you know, we never even got around to talking about Agnes DeMille and the dream sequence, you know, which is really, for a Western, that's really going out on the limb. 
but it worked. And right. you know, and it wasn't it wasn't the principles. Uh, Gordon McRae and Shirley Jones didn't da- do any dancing. It uh, uh, Steiger did, but that was because they couldn't find any dancer that was built like him. You know, he's built <laughs> like a fire plug in a dance teacher. You know, they're they're like willowy, wispy kind of guys, <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, yeah, they said he actually did a pretty good job. You know, the choreograph. The other thing Gene about Nelson was one ta- talented. Uh, oh man, yeah, he? what a dancer! And he came, turned to be a good director too. Oh, was he a director? Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Cheyenne Social Club. I think was the last thing he directed, but uh, wow. he did. He did some stuff. Yeah. That was a dangerous uh, dance he did on top of that train. Even if it was moving slow, yeah. <laughs> you could fall off that thing easy. You know, well, with I, those high kicks and everything. Oh yeah, I've, I've worked on top of trains, and you know, and the one thing about a train is it's not just going rocking side to side, side to side, forward, back. It's jiggling like Jerking, a Gucci dancer. Huh? Yeah, it's just you know, it's it's. You know, when you're doing stunts up there, you got stunt shoes on. You're not wearing your cowboy boots. You kill yourself. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, he was a great, uh, great performer. He really was. Yeah. And you know, it's it's that's one of the things that, uh, uh, again, it's Hollywood was such a marvelous place for people to work. But you got guys like Gene Nelson who, you know, really showed showed what he could do in this, and. They never capitalized on that really like they could have. But you see that over and over and over with actors that they they, they shine, you go, wow, this guy's going to go somewhere. And then you never see him again. Never see him again. Mm-hmm. Most yeah, a lot of those, especially the actresses in those uh, B-Westerns, oh. they were like one-shot deals, you know. Yeah, it's amazing the ones that did come out, you know, like uh, Rita Hayward, you know, when she was still Rita Casino doing those B-Westerns. Well, you know, well, Jennifer Holt doing B westerns, yeah. and Tim Holt's uh, sister. Yeah. I mean, she she did a ton of them. Well, you know, the the <clears throat> the one that I think all the all the stunt guys and all the B cowboys loved was Peggy Castle. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. just she was the darling of yeah. everybody. And I can understand why seeing yeah. after seeing a number of movies with her yeah. in it. Yeah. Well, you know, this is an interesting side note. Uh, the soundtrack from the movie outsold the soundtrack from the play. Yeah. Wow. It usually works that way. Yeah. And I don't know why, but it usually does work that way. You know? And this is another footnote. This year, the fifth Broadway production of Oklahoma ran. And it won right. the, it won the uh, Tony Award for uh, Musical Revival. And the little girl that did Ado Annie in it... Uh, She's a, she's in a wheelchair, you know, and she sang that thing. I'll tell you what, this gal has a voice that it's you know it's like it's like hearing Barbara Streisand for the first time, hmm. or or some of those some of those people for the very first time, and you just it stops you in your tracks. You know your your jaw drops down around your knees, and you get glassy eyed. Once again, we're talking with uh, John Conrada and uh, the Empire Ranch Foundation. Their movie coming up on uh, the 15th of September. Tomorrow. It is tomorrow, and it is Oklahoma. You can more than likely find tickets online still or get them at the door. Uh, doors open at 2, panel discussion at 2.30, and uh, the movie at 3. It's at the Loft Cinema Theater, and that is on 
Speedway just east of Country Club here in Tucson. We are plumb out of time. John, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank uh, you. Enjoyed afternoon. it very much. And yeah. everybody, don't forget to come to the Oklahoma movie at the Loft Theater. We'll be there. Put and on your boots and your hats and your Sunday bib and come yeah. on out. So long. Adios. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.